Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. Bless you. Thank you, Just. That's really, really kind. And actually, I think I just need to go home because you've just preached my message. (laughs) But that is just pure confirmation as to what the Lord has put on my heart and has done. This message was dropped into my spirit probably a couple of months ago, actually. And I was just waiting for the right time for the Lord to bring it. Forgive me, it's really bright up here tonight, so I feel like I'm a bit in the spotlight. It's good, isn't it? to be here as family. It's autumn, it's cold, it's rainy. I don't know about you, but when I walked into the hall this evening, it felt warm and it felt cosy. It felt like family. Even if you're new to us, we're really glad that you've decided to come here this evening. And just to give you a little bit of context, so we've talked about Kate and Ali. This is Kate, put your hand up. That's Kate, she's our senior pastor. And Ali, who you've heard of, he's Kate's husband and he's our senior pastor as well and Joss and I we oversee this location here in West Bridgeford so just in case you were wondering who's who that's who we are but we're not here by accident this evening we haven't just come by chance every time that we come to church on a Sunday when we fellowship when we hear from God that's not a mistake that is a divine appointment each of us has a purpose each of us is part God's grand plan. Now, if you've got your Bibles or if you've got your Bible app on your phone, it's only a short chapter, a short verse, but I want to read from the book of Isaiah, and that's chapter 6, verse 8. It's going to come up on the screen. There it is. That I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. This verse speaks to us on so many levels. It talks about God's call, our purpose, and our response. It's about hearing and answering. It's about stepping up and stepping out. It's about being present and being ready. In fact, Isaiah 6, 8 is my life scripture. I always want to be ready for what God has for me, as daunting as that can be. I love this scripture so much, it's tattooed on my left arm. There is an arrow, and it says send me. When I was, <coughs> excuse me, when I was first saved seven years ago, when I came to know the Lord, I was praying on New Year's Day five years ago. And I always do that without fail because I want to hear from God about what he has for me in the years to come or the, day, the months to come. I might not get it there and then, but he drops an impression into my spirit. And on this particular year, he was sending me out on mission. Now that literally put the fear of God into me. I was like, what do you mean I'm going on mission? (laughs) I'm like, Lord, I'm a new Christian. I'd literally, I think I'd just not long moved house. I'd changed jobs. And I'm like, that's enough. And he's like, "Uh -uh." and I prayed some more. And I got this impression in my mind of a world map. And he told me to go and find a world map. I've got a world map in my house. Anyway, so I had a look online. And as I prayed over this world map, an image came into my mind and a golden arrow was plonked really, really firmly into Africa. In fact, it was into Kenya. And he said, that's where you're going. Are you willing to go? And I said, Lord, 
and me. Now, I didn't go out until November of that year, and I realized this morning when I was praying that it was five years to the day that I flew out to Kenya on mission. It was just a bit of a revelation for me. But there was a plan in that, and there was a purpose in that. It took 11 months for him to send me. And in that time, he sent me to a short course at Bible, course, Bible College on, uh, on missions. It was a small course over two weeks. And then I got introduced to people on that course were the people that I went out on mission with. I remember being at Heathrow, walking through this tunnel into this destiny of this mission that God was sending me to. And I thought, Lord, I can't do it. I don't want to go. Don't send me. And the Holy Spirit's a bit like, it's a bit late. It's time to go. So I got on that plane. I was obedient. I made some amazing friends. But I met a guy called Dr. John Andrews. And this man is probably, in the UK today, probably globally now, is one of the best Pentecostal charismatic teachers of, of our faith. And John put me in the pulpit for 10 minutes in an African church in a village where nobody spoke English. The first time I preached was through an interpreter, and it was crackers. If you've ever been to an African church, it is the most profound experience. The spirit is there. Everybody is joyful. But I realized as I prepared that message, because of my obedience five years ago today and my agreement to say, Lord, yes, send me, I stand before you. I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful for God's word, and I'm grateful for him giving me the choice whether to go or not. But I wonder, what's he asking you to do this evening? We've heard from um, Sharice. She's had that word for us as a church. And if not now when. And that is the title of my message this evening. G.K. Chesterton, author and apologist, once said, the true soldier fights not because he hates what's in front of him, but because he loves what is behind him. And today, as we have marked his Remembrance Sunday, and this evening we have remembered the fallen, the brave men and women who fought for queen, king and country, so that we could have a life free of oppression, a life of freedom. I've been that person. I've got on that plane. I've left my loved ones behind. My son as a little three-year-old waved his daddy off to Afghanistan. Or is it Iraq? It gets merged. We know the pain of waving somebody off to war. And we know the joy of when they return home. Now, they're left behind the people and the life they love because they answer the call to not only provide freedom for us, but to set the oppressed free to rebuild lands that were decimated by war and bring about peace and order to chaos. A soldier or an officer, when they pass out of training, declares an oath, and it is this. I swear by Almighty God that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to His Majesty King Charles III, his heirs and successors, and that I will, as in duty bound, honestly and faithfully defend His Majesty, his heirs and successors in person, crown, and dignity against all enemies and will observe and obey all orders of his majesty, his heirs and successors and the generals and officers set over me. We too are soldiers in a way. You know there's the old song isn't there? Onward Christian soldiers that God calls us into fight for good, for the right things in love. We fight not out of hate, but out of love. Love for God, love for his people, and love 
for his purpose. When we are saved and born again, we give our lives willingly to the king, his people, and the future sons and daughters who will come to know the love of God. We willingly give our lives to the one who died to set us free. And recently I've been thinking about my own purpose, actually. Our purpose as a new location. Again, if you're new to us or have been coming to us a few weeks, we've been going here at West Bridgeford for around, I think it's coming up for nearly two years, believe it or not, next March. And it's just crazy the way that God is starting to move. And we've now become a location of our own. We've become our own congregation, our own family. And we've started to think about what God is calling us to and who he is calling us to as we come towards the end of the year and into a new season. Joss and I have had many discussions about what's next for us as a location. We want to, you know, we want to bring you on the journey with us on that. As individuals and as a ministry partnership, it's exciting, but it also can be daunting when we pray the prayer, Lord, what's next? Anybody else excited about what's next, about what's around the corner? I really want you to get that tonight. I want you to get the passion and the purpose that God has for each and every one of us on the, in this room and whoever is listening on the podcast. Because you see, God already knows the answer to that question. I don't know about you, but I get a bit frustrated by that because he knows what's coming. He knows who, he knows when, he knows where. Our part is to be faithful. As I say, it's our part to take his hand and walk into what he has for us with faith, trust and assurance that what he has for us is all part of his grand plan. And this evening, that's what I want to talk to us about, God's grand plan. We'll talk about our purpose in that plan. We'll talk about how often we delay how we often put off what we know we should do, and we'll talk about God, the, the, given, the gifts that God has given us, not for tomorrow, but for today. How many of us are sat with what ifs in our hearts? But Lord, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if it doesn't come good? You have a gift, and God wants to bring that out of you, and he wants to use you as part of his grand plan. And as I prepped and prayed this morning, I really felt that the Holy Spirit wanted me to pray at this point. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I just want us to sit. I want us to hear what God and the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word that guides us and your spirit that empowers us. And as we hear of your grand plan today, please open our hearts and minds to understand your purpose for us. It could be an old plan that maybe you think has fallen away. It might be a new plan that's bubbling up in your spirit and your heart. But Lord, help us to respond as Isaiah did, saying, here I am, send me. And we ask all of this in the precious name of our Lord Jesus. When we think about the grandeur of the universe, I don't know about you, but I love the cosmos. I love the galaxies. I love looking at the stars. I remember in lockdown, um, for all of us, it was incredibly hard, and I'd come home from the hospital, I work for the NHS, and I was sat in my bedroom window. It was a summer's evening, and I was breaking my heart. I had seen many people die over many, many weeks, as many of my colleagues had, and I just looked up into the vastness of the cosmos, 
and I felt God closer than I ever, ever had. I felt small, I felt protected, and I felt loved. Because that's what he does, isn't it? He never leaves us, and he never forsakes us. I don't know about you when you look into that star, starry sky. I know Joss likes going up mountains and campfires, and I guess he gets to see lots of great, really, really beautiful starscapes. But I'm often left in awe, absolute awe, of the vastness and the beauty of what he's created. And it's hard to comprehend the magnitude of it all. Yet in this vast expanse, there is a plan, a plan so grand, so intricate, that it encompasses every star in the sky, every grain of sand on the earth, every single hair on your head. How amazing is our God that he, he knows you that intricately. The plan is not a random series of events, but a carefully orchestrated design. It's a plan that was set in motion before the foundation of the world, and it continues to unfold with each passing moment. The plan's vast and it's complex. But it's not impersonal, it's not cold, calculated, blueprint. It's a plan that is deeply personal, deeply intimate. intimate. It's a plan that involves you, and it's a plan that involves me. It's a plan that involves our lives, our dreams, our hopes, and our fears. It's a plan that involves our joys and our sorrows, our victories and our defeats. It's a plan that involves every moment of our lives, from the moment we're born to the moment that we draw our lives. The plan isn't about us, but it involves us. It's not about our glory, but his. It's not about our plans, but his. It's not about our will, but his. It's a plan that is centered on God, revolves around God, and it glorifies God. It's a plan that reveals his character, his love, his grace, and his mercy. It's a plan that showcases his power, his wisdom, his justice, and his sovereignty. You know, the plan is not a secret. We don't have to strive for it. It's not hidden or obscure. It's a plan that's been revealed to us through his word. All we have to do is open our Bible and seek truth. It's a plan that's been made known to us through his son. It's a plan that's been disclosed to us through his spirit. It's a plan that we can know, understand, and be part of. The plan is not static. It's not stagnant or immobile. It's a plan that's dynamic, active, and alive. It's a plan that is constantly moving, constantly changing, constantly evolving. It's a plan that's always advancing, always progressing, and always developing. The plan is not about the past. We heard that from Rory. It's not what has been, but it's what's to come. The past may be painful. The past may have dealt you really hard blows. But what's to come? If you just trust and take his hand and believe that he has a plan and a purpose for you in his grand plan. It can be so beautiful. As I say, it's not about our past failures, but his future victories. It's a plan that looks forward. It's a plan that anticipates and a plan that expects. It's not about comfort. It's not about ease or convenience. You know, Pastor Kate went off to Ghana, was it last year, Kate? And the conditions are really bad in Ghana. They were in Kenya. 
But it's not about us, it's about him. And what it did for me, I can't speak for Pastor Kate, it changed my heart in, in living for a few weeks in the worst of places with no shower, no electricity, no mobile phone. Worst of all for me, no hair straighteners. But I grew. Joss and I are off to Bulgaria on mission. It'll be a very different mission. But it will still be very, very hard. We will see difficult things. We will experience what other people have experienced and we will hear hard stuff. But it's not about us. It's all about God's grand plan. The plan is not about isolation. It's about individual. It's not about individualism or independence. It's a plan that involves community, relationship, and unity. We are a family, and I believe God is calling us to do something in that. What? We don't know yet, but we're on a journey. It's a plan that calls us to love one another, serve one another, and bear one another's burdens. I love the fact that both Sharice and Rory have been so vulnerable with us tonight. Thank you. And we have loved you and walked with you and will continue to do so and pray for you to see God's plan work out in your life. And we will do that for each and every one of you. We find ourselves then in the heart of Isaiah's narrative, a narrative that is not just about a prophet, but he was a reluctant one, you know. Anybody else reluctant in the room to do what God's asking you to do? Isaiah was a reluctant prophet. He had a pretty tough time. A narrative that's not just about a prophet, but each about, it's about each one of us. It's about our purpose and our tendency to procrastinate. Any procrastinators in the room? Some honesty. Yep, me too. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I don't want to do that. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to get out from my heated blanket and go to church this evening and preach. But I'm here and I did want to come but it's easy isn't it to put stuff off of course I want to be here I love being here and I love God's word when we procrastinate we put off today what no tomorrow what's the word I've lost my plot we put off today what can't be done tomorrow that's right so we should always act in the moment it's all about hearing God's call and responding to it it's about his saying as Isaiah did here I am, send me. There's something about the human condition that makes us prone to delay. We hear God's call, we understand our purpose, but we hesitate, we find excuses. We say, not now, God. It's not convenient for me. Maybe I'll go tomorrow. Maybe I'll pray for that person tomorrow. Maybe I'll share your word tomorrow. Has anybody been prompted to pray for somebody in a supermarket? I'm not going to ask if you're obedient or not. And I know I have, and I've walked away. And wow, have I got in my car, do I get that crushing? Ouch. I'm not being judged, I'm not being condemned. But that word that God had asked me to give somebody may well have been life-changing. Don't put off today, tomorrow. I can't say it, I don't know what I'm saying. But God's call is not for tomorrow, is what I'm trying to say. It is for today. It's in that moment when you get that Holy Spirit nudge. Don't delay, because you could change somebody's life by saying what it is that the Holy Spirit's asking you to say. Now I'm going to talk about Jonah. 
Cherise set me up really, really well. And God called Jonah to go to Nineveh and deliver a message. Again, another reluctant prophet. But Jonah ran away. He tried to escape God's call. He tried to delay his purpose, but God pursued him. God brought him back. And Jonah finally went to Nineveh and and delivered God's message. Just like Jonah, we often try to escape God's call. We try to delay our purpose, but God pursues us. Exactly what um, Cherise said. She had no idea what I was bringing or preaching. He brings us back and he empowers us to fulfill our purpose. The word send in the original Hebrew text of Isaiah 6 8 is shalach. Now I feel like I'm trying to cough up a furball as I say that. It's a powerful word. It's used in many other passages in the Bible. In Genesis 3.23, it's used when God sends Adam and Eve out of the garden. In Exodus 3.10, it's used when God sends Moses to deliver the Israelites from Egypt. And in each of these instances, shalak conveys a sense of urgency. It's not about tomorrow. It's about today. Now Moses, when God called Moses to deliver the Israelites from Egypt, he hesitated. He found excuses. He said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? But God said, I will be with you. And he was. He empowered Moses to fulfill his purpose. And just like Moses, we often hesitate when God calls us. We find excuses. We say, who am I that I should fulfill this purpose? But God says, I will be with you. And he is. He empowers us to fulfill our purpose. And then let's consider the story of Esther, the young queen. God called Esther to save the Jews from destruction, but Esther was afraid. She was a Jewish girl taken into the court, deemed to be the most beautiful woman in her, in her area, potentially in all the world, in some translations it says. And she says, if I go to the king, I could be killed. Because her uncle Mordecai was asking her to go and plead for the Jews' safety and deliverance. But who knows that you have come out, he's, Mordecai said to her, but who knows that you've come to your royal position for such a time as this. And then Esther went to the king and she saved the Jews from destruction. If she'd have just stayed in bed or stayed with the rest of the concubines, a whole generation of people would have been lost. That's not for us today. You don't know that. You don't know what God's going to ask you to do. But you could save somebody else's life by walking alongside them, being with them. We've heard from Rory around enlightening the shadows. That is God's plan and purpose for his life, to look after others to help them see that there is light and not darkness. So let's not delay, let's not hesitate, let's not fear. Let's hear God's call, let's understand our purpose and let's say, here I am, send me. Because God's call is not for tomorrow, it's for today. And we're all part of that call, we're part of God's today. And as we consider the grand plan of God, we must recognize that his gifts are intended for our use today, not tomorrow. The gifts that God has bestowed upon us are not meant to be stored away, kept under wraps until a more convenient time. They are intended for immediate use, for the edification, the building up of the body of Christ, and for the advancement of his kingdom here on earth. Christmas isn't too far away. We're hopefully going to get presents. They're to be opened and enjoyed at a late, for some reason I've written it at a later date, I was thinking about my nan. Now my nan, she died at the age of 69, relatively young, I was 18 years of age, and she's a massive loss to this day. 
But when we were clearing out her things, we went to a big wardrobe, and in, there must have been years and years and years of unopened gifts. And that's really sad. Because the joy, maybe, that they would have brought, the, the laughter, the, oh, moment, they really get me. She missed out on all that joy by not opening the gifts that had been bestowed upon her. I urge you today, dust off your gift. Open it and see what God's got to say. As we consider the grand plan of God, we must recognize that his gifts are intended for our use today. I'm repeating it, today, not tomorrow. When we think of the gifts of God in the Old Testament, they're more akin to the manna that fell from heaven for the Israelites during their wilderness journey. The manna was daily provision, meant to be gathered and consumed on the same day. If the Israelites had tried to store it up for the next day, it would rot and become infested with worms. In the same way, God's gifts are meant for our daily use. They are not meant to be hoarded, but to be shared. The first aspect we need to understand about God's gift is their immediacy. That means that we should use them today. I know I'm being really repetitive, but I really feel the Holy Spirit saying that they really need to hear this, Claire. I know I've got gifts that I'm not using. I know there are things that God still wants me to do. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, speaks of the gifts that Christ has given to his church. He writes, and he himself gave some to apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. What are your gifts? If you don't know, then come get prayer. Joss and Charisse will be here at the end of the service. If you feel that you've let something go, if the Holy Spirit is talking to you right now, come and get some prayer. Come and get what God's got for you in his beautiful gifts. See, all the gifts that Paul talks about in Ephesians, these are gifts not for future use, but for the present. They're here for the equipping of the saints. The saints are us for the work of ministry and for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. These are all present tense activities, not future ones. The second aspect we need to understand about God's gifts is their purpose. I absolutely love this quote from C.S. Lewis. The present is the point at which time touches eternity just think when you touch somebody's life with the gift or the words that you speak that will have a ripple effect across eternity in other words the present moment is the only time that we can touch only touch we can truly touch eternity the only time we can truly serve god and others our gifts are not meant to be used in the future they are meant to be used in the present where they can touch eternity. And what do I mean by that? A one word to some person that you may never see again in a supermarket on a bench. Somebody that you work with, a family member. A word that you say to them in the name of Jesus will have a ripple effect through eternity, through the salvation that Jesus went to the cross to provide for us. The third aspect we need to understand about God's gift is their potential. Each one of us has been given gifts by God, as we've heard. They're not random. They're yours. They're unique to you. He's given you those beautiful gifts for you to use. They're specifically tailored to us. 
to our personalities, our abilities, and our circumstances. God understands that not all of us can go running away on mission or stand in front of a pulpit or sit in a church and minister to people. He understands. He will tailor-make it for you. Our gifts, they're designed to be used. I keep getting a picture of a dusty shelf with beautifully wrapped gifts, dusty and unused, a bit like the ones in my nan's wardrobe. And I really feel the Holy Spirit saying, come on, it's time to dust them off. I know many of you are using your gifts in this room, and I know you use them beautifully. But remember, it's not just a word for the people in the room, there's people on the podcast that are going to listen back. As Rory and Cherie said, it's time to rise up for what God has got for you to forget about the past. Let go of the things that maybe you could have done or should have done. There's always today. So let's not delay. Let's not put off until tomorrow that we can do today. Let's use the gifts that God has given us for his glory and the good of others. Let's say with the Apostle Paul, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Every single day when I walk into work, when I have to face another complex issue, a high challenge, I pray, Lord, be with me. I know he will never leave me, and I know he will never forsake me, and he, I can do everything through him. And let us remember the words of Jesus himself who says, as long as it's day, we must do of him who sent me. Night is coming where no one can work. We don't know the time or the hour or the day that Jesus is coming back. But he is coming back. He's on his way, church. And it's for us to pave the way. For us to use our gifts and our talents to enhance and empower other people in him. And as I wrap up, let's remember that God's grand plan is not just a distant future event. It's not like when we book a holiday and we look forward to it. I'm going on holiday week today. <laughs> but that's next week. Today, I'm here. Being used, I hope and I pray, my God. His plan is, is grand, and it's not just a distant future event. It's happening right here, right now, in this very single room. I pray that the Holy Spirit is talking to your heart and showing you the things that he has for you. We're not bystanders. We're active participants. God has chosen us, equipped us, and called us. He's asking, whom shall I send? And what should our response be? Here I am. Send me. Yeah. God's love is so vast, so deep, and so wide. It's a love that calls us, a love that equips us, a love that sends us. It's a love that never gives up on us, even when we're ready to give up on ourselves. It's a love that believes in us, even when we find it hard to believe in ourselves. It's a love that sees our potential, even when all we see are our failures. So friends, church, 
let's step out in faith. Let's step out in love. Let's step out in obedience. Let's say, here I am. Send me. Not tomorrow, but today. Because as we've heard, his plan, his grand plan is not for tomorrow. It's for today, for today. You're part of that plan. I'm part of that plan. We're part of God's today. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.